Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Beth Atwood. Beth is Vice President Growth Marketing for Nitro Inc., the document productivity company specializing in market-leading PDF, e-sign, and digital identity solutions. With over 20 years' experience in technology marketing, Beth's had the privilege of working for leading brands such as Ingram Micro, Brocade, VM, and Snow Software. She believes in leading with authenticity, challenging the status quo, and developing long-lasting connections with employees, partners, and customers alike. Beth is passionate about mentoring and supporting young women navigating their way through the tech industry. Her hope is that through sharing inspiration with a sense of humor born of experience, she can make a positive difference to the new generation of female leaders. Welcome to the show, Beth. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. So thank you for the invite. Sure. Great. So Beth, as a woman in tech, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Um, Well, I've got 25 years of experience working in the tech industry, um, which probably explains a lot of the grey hairs (laughs) I'm now finding. Um, So I spent my first two years in sales, um, Mm -hmm. or the dark side, as I like to call it. Sorry to all my sales (laughs) friends that might be listening. Um, And then I moved into tech marketing. Um, So I've kind of worked in various roles across um, the marketing discipline, um, focused and wide, really. So I I started out in campaign management. Uh, I went into channel marketing, customer, field marketing. I did a bit of marketing ops and and brand and PR. And, you know, I've had the privilege of practicing those skills with some sort of leading and challenger brands, really. Um, I'm now vice president of growth marketing at Nitro. Um, and I, I I love the role I'm in now because I feel like I'm giving something back a little mm-hmm. bit more. So we help organisations measure an element of their sustainability. So it's it's always nice to feel like you're doing something a bit more rewarding. But, you know, my career path hasn't always been a, a straight line. So, you know, you kind mm-hmm. of start at that base and that line then goes up until you get to where you are. It's sort of, and I think this is quite typical for women in tech, actually, it's sort of speckled with sideway moves and, you know, promotions and and a step down Mm -hmm. in places after maternity leave. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I've kind of I've kind of moved around um, and it it has been not a straight line, as I said, but, you know, it comes with its challenges. I'm a single mum and there's been long office commutes in my former career, but I'm so passionate about what I do. I love what I do. I enjoy getting up to do what I do. And uh, that drives me, I think, even in the most challenging times of my career. That is so important to love what you do. And very few people can say that, you know, that Mm. it motivates you to wake up every morning and show up and be the person that you're authentic. You're you're just who you are, you know, and that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, so... I agree. I think it's uh-huh. so important to show up and be in a place that's safe to be your yep. to be your true self. So, yes, I've been very fortunate and um, worked hard as well, of course. Yes, of course. That's great. So you're very passionate, I know, about advancing women's careers because you've done that so well for yourself. Tell us more about that. Give us, you know, some advice that our listeners could could be inspired by as to how to advance their careers. Well, when I started out in tech, it was 
it was a very different workplace experience for young women um, to what I hope young women find in the workplace today. So, uh, it, it, but there, there's still so many challenges and I, I'd love to give back a bit. Um, I, I think when I first joined um, the workforce, I joined the tech industry, women were quite well sexualized really both in kind of society and the workplace and you know I have just some dreadful stories of things mm. I saw of things I've experienced and and many women my age in the industry will will certainly have the same and I think I think the playing field has leveled to a degree um and and certainly some of those issues that that I faced that women my age faced is no longer tolerated, right? That thanks to the Me Too movement and the whistleblowing cultures, and 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 that's great. So I think hopefully that element um, has gone to a certain degree, but it's certainly still tough to be a female in tech. Um, and and, and to think, grow and to grow, you know, your career. Yeah, it, exactly. You you still there's so many hurdles, um, and I'm not sure if it's because the majority. Uh, are still male, right? And therefore, mm -hmm. you know, the rules and the culture have, has been built up around males. And whilst things mm -hmm. still aren't tolerated in the way they were when I started out, they still exist. And I'd love, mm -hmm. you know, for future generations, my daughter maybe even, um, and, and for my son to be aware of the issues when they're okay. entering tech, to feel more mm -hmm. confident and, and and to grow their voice, really, find their voice and find their career path. Um and and really help manage through the discrimination that I think still exists, unfortunately. I think it does. It's not completely gone. And we talk about, in some cases, it's just unconscious bias, you know, where people have their beliefs based on where they grew up or how they were raised or, you know, many different things. And um, so those things you have to acknowledge and then make sure that you test them to make sure is is this true you know what i'm thinking or is this just a bias that i have and we all have biases so it could be that as well yeah i i absolutely agree and i i guess some examples that that i still see is as you know a senior leader in in tech i still see some of these practices and would love to help sort of young women sort of be aware of them give them perhaps insights i wished I'd had and mm -hmm. you know I think a big takeaway for me is is you know men are from Mars and women women are from Venus mm -hmm. that's that's mm -hmm. really holds true in in every industry but you know men are, are kind of wired differently from us um, in the most part yeah and, and you know they aren't afraid to speak out they seem to be born with this amazing confidence that mm. and they understand their worth and, and women have always had to kind of not all women but many women have to work towards understanding their place they have to believe they're worth something before they before they speak and I think that probably hinders a lot of our progress is is, uh -huh. is women finding their voice and having the confidence to express themselves um and and then there's I think the the sheer discriminational uh, factors that come in day to day. So you know many women face the juggling act. Um, you know family combined with work, it's still a really real challenge because I think let's face it, the women still do the majority mm -hmm. of household organization, the childcare arrangements, you know, most of that falls to the women. And we, and we just keep seeing all these statistics in the press talking to professional female burnout. And we, we still sort of, we still don't help women maybe with that juggling um, that mm -hmm. inevitably takes place. Um, and 
I mean, I've seen lots of examples, things like uh, maternity leave. So, you know, mm-hmm. having a baby is it's a very natural process. It's something that that is very natural for many women to want to have children, not all, but but most. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I see, you, you know, being overlooked. I mean, it's happened to me before, but being overlooked for promotion whilst mm-hmm. you're on maternity leave. I know the States isn't isn't a particularly long time that the the US women have, but certainly Europeans have a lot more time on maternity leave and you know being out being cut off from the organization you know missing out on you know promotion ops that otherwise you might be considered for having to re-earn your stripes work doubly hard you know all of that um discrimination absolutely still exists and i think Mm -hmm. it's up to the sort of leaders of today to change that to, to keep in contact with those on maternity or paternity leave if that's you know if that's what they wish it's to tell them about promotion ops coming up and to not consciously sort of discriminate against them because they're out of the organization for for a period of time you know all of that still exists and I think you know I think there's definitely the balance is is changing a bit so parental mm-hmm. leave it's available in many countries now that can be swapped between maternal and paternal, which is great. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I think it's changing the culture. Like people, I, I think, are less accepting of, of the fathers sort of taking that that long term paternity leave versus the the woman. So we've still got a cultural way to go, I think, in terms of leveling that playing field. But I'm I'm happy that some of the issues I face coming in, hopefully, uh, are a thing of the past. I hope so. I hope so. Because, the, you know, things have to change and we need champions. We need leaders to make those changes for us, you know, and we need to voice our opinion, which is really, really important. I think, like you said, you know, male, our male counterparts have great, great confidence on anything. They speak with confidence, anything they say even if they don't have backup on it, we'll say it with confidence so you believe them. And where women will always second guess ourselves, you know, all the time. Yeah. And um, and so, yeah, confidence is a big piece of how we can really get a voice, you know, to make sure that we don't second guess ourselves. We don't have to be perfect in order to apply for a position. We don't have to have 100% of the qualities. You know, a man has 60% and it's really okay. Um, but a woman doesn't even apply for a position if it's 60%. Mm. So I think we're harder on ourselves than uh, others to, to be frank, because I just feel like we have to build that confidence and we have to be engaged. Even when we're on maternity leave, this sounds terrible, but we have to be inquiring what's Mm. going on in the company during that time so that you're taking your own career in your hands and you're not leaving it to somebody else you know to get you there absolutely and you know that that sort of I think we question ourselves um Mm -hmm. and and you know I I often you know if I'm sort of chairing a a meeting you know a a man is never afraid to ask a question Mm -hmm. or speak up but Mm -hmm. you know I will I will see some of my female team members you know they'll come to me afterwards and say to me oh there was this point or this question I uh, you know I I wanted to mm-hmm. raise and you know when I say to them that would have been so helpful if you'd said that in the meeting because actually that was a great that's a great point mm-hmm. and we could have gathered around that for a while because actually that's really worthy of, of exploring mm-hmm. and you know it didn't they didn't have the confidence the to speak out. yeah 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 
Yeah. And it's 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 such a shame because we've got so much to bring. And I'd love to empower women to feel like, you know, they, they don't have to be right on everything. They just need to speak mm-hmm. up and have mm-hmm. a voice. Um, right. Right. Yeah. I um I had to learn that many, many years ago. I had so many thoughts and I would never have a voice at the table because the men would just take over and they'd just go on. I was the only woman in the room in many cases. And and then I learned, you know, because when I bring it up on the side, everybody's like, wow, that's a great idea. Why didn't you say something? You know? Yeah. And so you kind of hear that over and over again. You realize, okay, I'm gonna say something and you're gonna push yourself to be more confident and have that voice at the table. It is so critical. It, it, it is. And I think I think building the confidence, whether you've been in, you know, whether you're just joining the tech industry or whether you're you know, five, 10 years in, you know, building that confidence is what gives you your your powerful position, mm-hmm. if you like. Yes. And, and it's mm-hmm. such an interesting one. So as, as an example, when I recruit people for a role, the men coming in will always negotiate with me. Mm-hmm. It, there will always be at least one point they negotiate on, mm-hmm. you know, usually mm-hmm. salary, sometimes roles, responsibilities, mm-hmm. but they will always, always push me for more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. when I when I offer um, you know, a role to a, a, a woman, nine times out of ten, they won't ask me for anything extra. They'll they'll take the salary that's given. Now I'm always mm-hmm. I'm always so conscious of the gender pay gap and I hope most modern day leaders Mm -hmm. are, of course. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I always try and get a balance across my team, but there are many leaders still that won't do that and will try and get you for, you know, for the best price they can, if you like. And by not Mm -hmm. asking, you're you're sort Mm -hmm. of, you're negating any opportunity to to come in and and get, you know, actually what you're worth. Right. I've seen it changing slowly, probably over the last sort of five years. I think American women are a lot better um, at asking for what they want up front. I think European women find it a lot more difficult, and that might be a cultural thing as well. But and it, I do see that slowly changing, but it's incredible the amount of people that that sort of accept salary accept responsibility and 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 come into the organization without even trying to ask for more or building a business case for more um and and men do every single time um mm-hmm. so the question i sort of i sort of ask women certainly women in my team is you know if you don't ask you don't get um and i right. i think that's so important <laughs> So important. I, I think you're spot on when you say that. But I don't think even the American women um, negotiate enough or, you know, there might be a few that do, but really negotiate for what you're worth. Yeah. If if you feel that you're not getting paid fairly or maybe you, you deserve more, then you need to ask for it. Because if you don't ask for it, you'll never get it, like you said. And so I think um, this kind of brings us into our next discussion about, you know, what are some best practices of women negotiating from a powerful position? Because you want them to come in with confidence and win. So um, what are your thoughts? Anything that you've had to do in your career that maybe stands out in negotiation? Yeah, I, I think to to negotiate in the first place, it, it's all about finding that powerful position. It's about finding that confidence. So, you know, I would say in terms of tips for negotiation, I would start off by kind of 
building that confidence as, as sort of your platform. So a couple of things, you know, I've learned along the way. I, I wish I'd known when I, I entered, I suppose, the tech industry or, or any industry, of course, is that it's learning that everyone has a brand and, and a brand has an innate value. And by mm -hmm. building your brand, you know, internally and, and you know, if you can throughout the industry, um, by building that brand, you're in a much stronger position, both because you feel confident in yourself, because you know what you're about, you know what you're worth. Um, but also, of course, externally through the industry, when you're looking at, at new opportunities. And, you know, a, a former CIO once said to me, um, you know, you never touch people so lightly that you don't leave a trace. And it's so true. Mm, um, mm. And it's a, it's a concept that I think if anybody from Gen Z is listening, they'll be much more familiar with, um, you know, with the advent of social media and they were born with a mobile phone in their hand. But what I found has been super helpful for me is I've I've picked and I've done this through the kind of the course of my career, or certainly through the, the later stage of my career, is to kind of pick three words that you think best define you in the workplace you know how do you want to show up in the workplace mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and those three words are really helpful because in in times of difficulty or when you need perspective you know if you go back to your three words you can kind of center on those as your core values and they can sort of help guide you to a certain extent and, mm -hmm. and in turn of course that helps in negotiation because you know who you are and you know what you you know what you're worth and right. those words sort of can grow with you they can change as as you kind of you know obviously as a as a an employee as a person you um evolve so they can absolutely change but but those three sort of give you a, a sense of your worth and and like i said sort of help guide you and then i think with with women when it comes to negotiation you know, and I, I, it's terrible, isn't it, these generalizations, but I think it's true to say that that we tend to be um, emotional. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, men can be as well, of course, but but sometimes emotions are big, certainly when we're, we're dealing with a lot at work mm -hmm. and, of course, mm -hmm. at home. So, you know, to be able to negotiate, you need to manage those emotions. And, and do you know what? I... I think at 48, I don't think I've mastered that, um, but I'm, I've always been working towards it. I think the key is before you go into the negotiation is you need to understand your triggers and you need to recognise when those, you, you know, you're sort of coming across those triggers and know how to calm yourself. You need to know how to take a space, how to breathe. Um and need to recognise what those triggers are. So as you go into negotiations, you you can recognise those triggers, you can manage your emotions as they come up. Um, you know, and I would say, even outside negotiations, understanding those triggers, when those emotions sort of bubble up, you know, mm -hmm. check in with supportive colleagues, build that network around you or, or a mentor that, that you trust, because it's it's good to show vulnerability. Um, it's brave, it builds human connection, but you just have to be careful who you trust with your vulnerabilities and mm -hmm. and and really you know managing emotion is part and parcel of that so stay calm i suppose in negotiations recognize your triggers don't rise to things um and i think that's very important in both building your confidence long term but but also in in situations of of um negotiations for for sure 
I love that. That's great, great, great advice in knowing your brand. How do you build yourself a brand? You don't want to forget how to do that because that's what will give you your core values and your negotiation strength. Because if you know what those are, you know they're not um, they're not something you can just take lightly. They have to work with with the position, the, the negotiation. It has to be based on your core values. So I love that. I think that's great. Um, and knowing your emotions and how to control them is very, very important because we never want to be in the situation where, you know, somebody's thinking, oh, no, she just started crying, you know, and there's no crying yeah. in business. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we put so much of our heart and soul into everything. That's why, you know, the crying comes out and the emotions come out, yes. but really knowing how to control them and manage them, I think is very important. So you hit on some very, very important areas there. So thank you for that. Now, um, I think we talked a lot about confidence. I know women struggle with it, but anything else you want to add and how to build confidence? Um, we talked a lot about yeah. negotiation and, and confident, building confidence, but anything you want to add? Yeah, I, I would just say, um, and, and we sort of talked around, um, you know, asking questions. I think what's really interesting is, and I've learned this over time, and, and I'm sure you have too, Jennifer, but, it, mm -hmm. you know, in a room, if you have a question, nine times out of 10, somebody else will have the same question. They're same just question. not asking yep. it. Yep. And, yep. And, and so, you know, I guess I guess that's a key one. But, you know, also something I I talk a lot about is comfort zones and, you know, sort of learning age life is probably getting quite deep now. But it's really about learning about yourself and what you're capable mm -hmm. of. And that then again gives you the confidence. And, you know, I've always pushed myself outside of my comfort zone. I, I think it's important to recognise when you're OK in your comfort zone for a while that you're kind of you know, queen of all that you purvey and, and kind of staying there for a while is is the right thing to do. And it's comfortable. But you do have to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. And it is uncomfortable and it is really hard. But but that's the only way that you can grow kind of personally and professionally. So, you know, I would say that, you know, when projects are being given out or, you know, there's tiger teams or secondments or, you know, take take one of those on right um particularly if they're cross-functional it's how you grow i think it shows initiative to your leader that you're taking mm -hmm. on additional projects um and it, it really gives you confidence in your ability to you know to execute want to push yourself beyond what you thought you were capable of um i would only caveat that with the fact that like women tend to I think our instinct is to take as much on as we can to prove ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so the only caveat I would say is when you when you choose projects to take on, when you offer your time, um, make sure it's a, a project that's strategic or that has kind of a leadership spotlight on it, whether you're leading that team or whether you're in that team. Um, I, I think women can often take on so much that they because we do multitask and we are, we do have a big capacity, but I think we sometimes overcommit and mm -hmm. often your core role can suffer because you're, you're working on all these different projects. Mm -hmm. So do take on a project that, that allows you to grow um, and that, you know, people are watching has eyes on across the business, but, but just obviously 
be careful how much you take on because it's in our nature to to want to do more yes. improve ourselves yeah yeah no that's great um I love that you talked about, you know, choosing your projects strategically and with leadership in mind and helps you to grow because really coming out of your comfort zone is so important to grow. It is it is where you grow, not in your comfort mm-hmm. zone, because if you're doing the same thing over and over again. You're comfortable in there and it feels like the right thing, but really come outside of that co- comfort zone. Um, and that's really when you grow. So great, great points. Thank you for that. Um, so Beth, who inspires you and why? Um, well, oh gosh, so many people from, you know, I think, I think a lot of things obviously start in our childhood and mm-hmm. my mum's always been a massive inspiration as corny as that sounds. She was, mm-hmm. she was a, a, a career woman, which was, you know, sort of in the seventies and eighties, um, were, you know, quite rare, really. She had, um, you know, she had a solution consulting role, but she always had these side hustles, as I think we'd call mm-hmm. them today. So mm-hmm. she was making cheese, she was printing business cards, she was selling <laughs> children's clothes. Um, she was always busy and she was this ball of energy. And so my mom had sort of inspired me from an early age. But I, I think if I look at, you know, famous people, um, mm-hmm. I just think Michelle Obama is an incredible human, <laughs> mm-hmm. She's, you know, successful career woman, fought against the odds, you know, to get the credibility and, and you know, that amazing respect that she she commands and, and deserves. And, and she's balanced all of that with being a mom, a wife, mm-hmm. a philanthropist. I think I think she's a great role model. Um, I think from a tech industry perspective, um, I followed a pretty amazing lady called uh, Latani Kanon for some time. She's, um, oh. uh, I followed her on LinkedIn. Um, she's mm-hmm. CMO of Sixth Sense, but she's, she's a really commercially oriented CMO who speaks so much sense around you know, buying behavior with enterprises today and, you know, her depth of experience, her deep understanding of of what marketing's evolved into today, I I found really inspirational. Um, Oh, I'd love to follow her. Yeah. She's great. I'd love to have a really nice, she looks like quite a normal woman that you could probably have a nice lunch with as well. Mm -hmm. And I'd Mm -hmm. love to pick her brain and just have some time with her because I think she'd be a pretty incredible um mentor um i have That's to amazing. say though that that uh, my boss at the moment stefan gassi cmo of nitro i've worked with him a couple of times before um and you you kind of learn over the years that you know the tech industry is really even though it's huge um on a global scale but it's actually quite small like you'll mm-hmm. find yourself working with, with the people, same people yeah over and over again yeah, yeah i've so, that too yep and and I've learned over over my years to work my network and um, I've worked with Stefan previously and you know it, and I suppose it was a bit of a strategic decision really to to work with him again because he's somebody who mm-hmm. reflects my values and I I learn from every day and and again I think that's so important you know looking for your role models and you know finding people that aspire to similar values is is so important. Um, as as role models and as a day-to-day inspiration you know humans learn yeah. and a boss that learned that you learn from is is a really great find really true yeah and and not the opposite you know there, yeah. there's a lot of bosses that learn from you and then take credit for it and that's not good so when you do have one that you can learn from it's amazing yeah i agree 
Um, so why why do you think a technology career is important for women today? Uh, what does it provide you in your career um, versus another, you know, outside of technology? Yeah, it's it's a really it's a really great great question because I didn't pick tech. Um, mm -hmm. Tech, I, I like to think, sort of picked me, but um, it was sort of an accident I fell into after university, and obviously I've been in the industry ever since, and I absolutely love it. Um, I, I think for me as a marketer, the reason why I love tech is because it it's very um it's very data b2b is very data driven i love data driven i love the fact that it's the science kind of balanced with mm -hmm. with the art but i think tech generally you know the tech industry is is so vast um and it's it's plays such an important role in our lives particularly accelerated obviously by the pandemic with digital transformation and and everything moving at light speed um, to become, you know, for technology to kind of underpin absolutely everything we do. You know, I, I talk to my kids about the tech industry and they're like, well, you know, why, why would we want to go into that? But for me, it's so exciting. It, it's so innovative. Everything changes. It's like the one constant thing in tech is that everything is going to change. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and. The innovation and, of course, the charisma that, that that attracts makes it a really exciting industry to work in today. Um, and yeah, I I absolutely love it. I love its dynamic nature. Um, I have to say, I haven't worked in any. I worked in plumbing very briefly <laughs> when I left university, and I can say it's much more exciting than plumbing yes. for sure. <laughs> That's great. Well, I love I love the points that you made because counting on change, change is a consistent. It's going to happen. It changes constantly, and it's like as soon as you you think you got it it's going to change. Yeah. <laughs> so that always happens. And then um, really, it is an exciting uh, industry. It's always dynamic. Things are moving so fast. I mean, I, I think back, I think, you know, 10 years ago, do I did I use technology the way I use it now? The answer is no. It, mm. it, now everything is dependent on technology. You know, from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed, I have either my phone, my computer, everything. I'm connected all the time. Yeah. And that's good and bad in some cases. But still, <laughs> um, you know, it is important to see how technology is changing our lives, you know, and it's really making a difference. And I think it for women, it's a lucrative career too because it pays well and yeah. i think in many job roles it can give you the flexibility to work from home to come in and work for a couple days a week if not you know um not at all you, you can still make you know the virtual world work for you so i think there's a lot of benefits for women so thank you for counting you know for um calling them out my pleasure. It's an industry that's given me a lot. So, uh, yes. so I'm happy to advocate for it for sure. <laughs> Great. Well, what's your proudest professional moment? Can you describe it for us? Do you know, I've, I've been fortunate to have a lot and a lot mm -hmm. of ones of course, that I'm guess. not so proud of. Um, mm -hmm. But I think probably my, my proudest moment was um, uh, an old MD that I'd worked for um, at Ingram, actually, in the UK. Mm -hmm. He moved to um, the Chinese Ingram and asked mm -hmm. me to come over and do some consulting for him um, mm -hmm. with his yes. marketing team. I, it was amazing. It was a really amazing opportunity. And I was sort of late 20s, early 30s. And mm -hmm. 
and I gosh I mean talk about moving outside your comfort zone I'd never consulted before and mm -hmm. I'd certainly never been to China or you mm -hmm. know halfway around the world with different culture to contend with and everything so it it was it was an amazing opportunity it was very so tough. it helped you grow it helped you grow considerably probably yeah, absolutely I mean personally and professionally right because I was traveling alone I was living mm -hmm. alone in this country mm -hmm. alien to me for a few months um and I just had kind of this open brief to improve marketing outcomes and mentor the team. And and, you know, it was it was it was hard and, and I really had to give it a lot of thought. But it was such an incredible opportunity. And I, I suppose sort of what's driven me through a lot of my career is is this, you know, nothing beautiful grows from a comfort zone. I think you, you mentioned that earlier and it, it sort of mm -hmm. drove me on, I suppose. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, I spent that two months over there, you know, mentoring and strategizing and and, you know, left that marketing team um, with a legacy that they kind of continue to build on over the That's years. Awesome. Like I'm still in touch with some of them, which was great. And I, you know, I kind of felt then that if I could cope with that and, and you know, there was a, a good outcome, then I kind of felt like I could cope with whatever was thrown at me in later mm -hmm. years. And mm -hmm. it, it was a great foundation for my that's tech awesome intro. I'm so mm. proud of you too yeah. to just take <laughs> it on you could have said no you know yeah. because it's not something you had done before but that's that's just very impressive and it's nice that they're still building on that legacy and that should make you very proud I do it does it really does actually and you know I just worked with a lovely it was a lovely team over there in Shanghai mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. They're just, it's just such a nice culture. They were so welcoming. So yeah, no, I am super proud of that, actually. Thank you. That's great. You should be, yeah. Congratulations on that. So um, this is kind of a selfish question because I always want to add to my bucket list of places to go. So what what is your most favorite place that you've traveled to and why? Oh my God, this is totally my hot topic. I love travel. So I love you, travel too. <laughs> oh, I know. I just wish I could do more of it. I've I've obviously traveled a lot for business, as I'm sure you mm -hmm. have. And and I've been mm -hmm. to some amazing places with business, like you know, St. Petersburg and and places that I wouldn't have mm -hmm. been before. But in 2004, I took a year out of my career. So I, I sold yes. my house, sold my car, traveled around the world for a year. Um, oh, nice. And I saw, oh gosh, I think it was 15, 16 countries. And I, you know, we did South America, Southeast Asia, India. You know, it was amazing. So it's a really oh, tough one yeah. to narrow down. I I would, I mean, I loved, I absolutely love Peru. Um, I love mm -hmm. New Zealand. Um, but I think probably top of my list was Cambodia. Have you been mm -hmm. to Cambodia? No, I have not. I'm adding it. I'm writing it down. Oh, do add it. I wrote down Peru and New, Ze New Zealand as well. I have not been to either one of those. So, yes. Ah, okay. Well, they are all incredible places. I just, you know, Cambodia has got to be. So tell me what, what's the memory that you have from Cambodia that makes it so wonderful? You know, it was, um, I think it's probably the most beautiful place on earth. So we went to see Angkor Wat, which is the big temple there and we uh -huh. watched it at sunrise which is what all travelers oh, do um oh. and you know seeing it's like the uh from tomb raider you know the um the temples that they feature in those it literally is like that with the most beautiful sunrise coming wow. from it and there were monks um that were based there that were kind of chanting oh my god it was a real spiritual mm. experience but i i think what I loved most is is the people. They're really they're really special. They've lived mm -hmm. 
uh, you know, under Pol Pot's regime. It was in our lifetime. And they're very kind and very wise um, and very resilient. So, yes, mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend Cambodia. Okay, I'm. I put it down. It's going to be added to my list. That sounds <laughs> you amazing. You go. And sunrises are now my new favorite thing. I used to always do sunsets, and then once I did a couple sunrises, I was just. I fell mm. in love. It was just beautiful. Uh, so yeah, yeah. And, and just gave me chills when you were talking about the monks chanting and the yeah. sunrising. It's like, oh my god, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Takes all your boxes then. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> That's awesome. Well. This has been such an honor to have you on on the show, and you've been such a delight to, you know, just chat with, but learn so much from you. So if you could share with our listeners any any type of advice that you would give to a woman that would be thinking about a career in technology. Yes, so I would say tech is a people industry. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, that we're full of big personalities. And, you know, whilst it is global, it is smaller than you think you make a lot of connections. So, Mm -hmm. you know, grow your influence, you know, manage relationships up, down across um, the company. But it is, it is quite a small industry in the sense that you do know a lot of people and you tend to meet the same people in the same circle. So absolutely, build your network mm-hmm. and work your network. So LinkedIn nice. is your best friend. Glassdoor is your best friend to understand about the companies. Um, and then just, just try and maintain healthy relationships as a very minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because as I said before, you know, your next boss might be somebody that worked for you in your last company. You, know, you never <laughs> yeah. know you never who know. you're going to meet. So, so right. keep never working those bridges. relationships. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. No, that's great, great advice. Oh, I love it. Um, Yeah, and networks are so important. I think sometimes people underestimate the value of their network, but it's so critical Mm -hmm. to have a healthy, strong network because those are the people who be your champions and get you to advance your career as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't burn bridges. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And then um, in closing, um, can you share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you? Yeah, I'm most often found actually on LinkedIn. Um, Mm -hmm. I spend probably an inordinate amount of time on the platform learning. Um, Mm -hmm. So anybody that's listening that'd like to connect, please find me on LinkedIn and, and connect in with me. Sounds great. Well, Beth, this has been such an honor and a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for all your good work um, in supporting and advancing women's careers, because that's so important to us. And I really, really appreciate all your insights and and information on this show. So thank you again. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end-user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. 
Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.